Welcome to the Educational Renaissance Podcast, where we promote a rebirth of ancient wisdom for the modern era. We seek to inspire educators by fusing the best of modern research with the insights of the great philosophers of education. Join us in the great conversation and share with a friend or colleague to keep the Renaissance spreading. Hello and welcome to the Educational Renaissance Podcast. I'm Patrick Egan and I'm here with Colby Atchison and we're here at the SEL Annual Conference in Dallas, Texas. It's not even day one, it's the pre-conference and already we are full of thoughts and inspiration about different tracks that we participated in today, different people we talked to, and just ideas that are circulating. And everybody's not even here yet. So it's a really exciting anticipatory time as we think about uh, the SEL conference. And I wanted to think about some of our big takeaways. We'll get to our big takeaways from today. But one idea that struck me today is we're part of a big movement. Uh, And it may not feel big, depending on what school you're at, or maybe you're a homeschool parent as well, and you're, you're committed to classical Christian education. Classical Christian education, though, is this nationwide, maybe even global movement. And so, Colby, I wanted to ask you some of your thoughts. What does it mean to you to be part of an educational movement. Yeah, absolutely, Patrick. Well, it's great to be here in Dallas with you and all these other like-minded educators. It really is like a mountaintop experience um, to get to gather together each year at conferences like these and just be reminded, like you said, that we are part of a broader movement. Um, There's so many wonderful people here, so many passionate educators, teachers, administrators, board members, and apart from our love for learning and Christian classical education, for uh, Charlotte Mason education, you might wonder what could possibly bring all these people together from Portland, Oregon to Chicago, Illinois, from to Atlanta, Georgia, right? There's just all these different people here from different schools, home schools, and um, it really is meaningful that we gather here today because we are part of a broader movement about an education that is committed to the deep things in life, about the formation of virtue and the pursuit of wisdom and viewing students as so much more than just future participants in the economy or even college students for that matter, as important as college is. But we are engaged in an educational project that's aimed towards nothing less than human flourishing under the Lordship of Christ. I mean, that's a movement worth joining and that's what we get to remember and enjoy at conferences like this one here with the Society for Classical Learning. What are your thoughts, Patrick? Yeah, there's something meaningful about joining with others in common cause where 
there's going to be local differences. You go to any school that's represented here and you'll find lots of differences. Uh, are there metal lockers? Are there wooden lockers? Uh, you know, do they go all the way up through high school? How is their high school structured? Do they do pre-K? Um, and just the individual differences um, in methods and models and textbooks and all of that can make it feel somewhat ad hoc or that uh, those differences are what make a, a given school unique. And yet when you come to a conference like this and you talk with different people, you realize that there's so much in common between these schools. Our commitment to thinking about virtuous living, about sending kids not off to college, but off to live a good life. And when that's our aim, and it, it's an aim that is really quite different than the prevailing model, the progressivist model of education, so that we feel like there's so much we have in common or at least that we aspire to. And, and I don't know that every school is going to be able to fully realize all of these ideals we have and all of these things that we're aiming for. But you come to a conference like this and you recommit yourself to those ideals. You recommit yourself to that grand vision of what education can be and what edu education used to be, that we've lost certain values in this progressivist experiment and as we try to renew education you really feel a sense of camaraderie and commonality that yeah we are committed to those things and we want to fully realize those in our school and we'll sit in sessions all day just to learn how to better implement those things so yeah i i mean day it's pre-conference day. It's technically, you know, day zero. Day zero. <laughs> and I'm already inspired and already feeling that sense of renewal in this, uh, this renewal movement that we're a part of. So big takeaways from today, and it somewhat stays on this theme. I joined a session with David Diener. He's a professor at Hillsdale in education. And um, he was talking about the cultivation of virtues, that um, our schools have this aim, that it's not just about learning facts, not just about learning knowledge, but about enabling students to cultivate virtue. And there was this great moment, I wrote down this quote, almost verbatim, I, I'm sure it's uh, not quite right, but there's this sense that our schools are weird. Like students in our schools probably have this sense, like my parents put me in a weird school, it's not typical school, and you know, maybe I'm a little wary going to, uh, you know, skateboard downtown or go to youth group that I'm at the weird school. And so he, he dropped this line and he almost got into like preaching register in his voice. He's like, we're not the weird experiment. The weird experiment in education is going on all around us. That's the progressivist education. And the punchline to what he said, it's not working. 
So the weird school is that saved by the bell kind of experience. You throw a bunch of kids the same age together and it's about compliance, it's about technology, it's about technique. And we've lost what used to be the primary mode of education. And so what is weird? It's this new thing that's kind of taken over the entire education system. What's not weird? Doing it the way it has always been done and used to be done, and we've lost that. So I, th I thought that was a really interesting take. Uh, I really love what David Diener was saying there. Yeah, I really appreciate that insight um, because it really can be uh, discouraging and confusing for parents uh, today, for students who are looking around and trying to live uh, counterculturally, trying to live in a way that's honoring to Christ. And um, at times it can feel isolating. And um, to be reminded that, that actually what's going on with this Christian classical renewal movement is a sort of return to um, the way things have always been done, um, that can be encouraging. Um, of course, even if we were living um, in a way that was, was different or unique, you know, we, um, we can take heart in knowing that we are seeking to live out God's calling on our lives as we seek to raise our children. And, um, and so that's important to remember, too. But I love this, that emphasis on, on an education aimed towards virtue that's so important in this day and age. So that was one of my takeaways uh, from the session I, I did with David Diener. I'm wondering about uh, some of the sessions you were a part of. What, what would be one big takeaway you have? Yeah, so I, um, I mostly attended tracks on, um, on board management and strategic planning um, led by uh, Keith Nix and Leslie Moeller. They did a fantastic job, really enjoyed uh, the time with them today. And my big takeaway is that um, the fruit of all of our efforts as educators occurs um, most often, I think we could say, in the classroom when that inspiring lesson is going on, when that seventh grade girl is falling in love with Shakespeare, when that third grade boy is making connections in math class and growing in his sense of number and memorizing his multiplication tables and growing more confident in his relationship with math, say, right? That's the, that's the real fruit of our efforts here. Um, as educators and that falling in love with learning, um, of course, in Bible class, growing in our relationship with God and our knowledge and understanding of his word, right? Um, but what's going on behind the scenes to make all of that possible? And that's my big takeaway today, because what's going on behind the scenes at a school is you've got a faithful board who's doing the work of governance, who's ensuring the long-term viability of the institution. These are volunteers, men and women, who are using their skill sets from different industries and applying it to the school for their love for the institution and to see it flourish in the future. So you've got board governance going on. You've got administration. You've got, again, wise men and women, leaders, who are thinking very carefully about the strategic direction of the institution, about the implementation of the board approved strategic plan, right? Thinking through, okay, what are the tactics that we're going to employ to see this strategy through, to fulfill the vision, right? So you've got administrators, you've got plans regarding facilities, regarding admissions and marketing, 
all of these different uh, ideas and thoughts and strategies are all working together and coming together towards fruition when in that classroom when those inspiring lessons that occur and so I I'm just leaving today at the, after this pre-conference thankful thankful for all the people out there who diligently serve outside of the classroom in order to make sure that our classrooms thrive are you ready to take your classroom or school to the next level? Here at Educational Renaissance, we want to equip you with skills and practices that will help you achieve your goals as educators. Join us for our next live webinar and take a deep dive into the topics you've learned about through our blog posts, podcasts, books, and videos. Learn practical skills and get your questions answered to level up your classroom or school. Simply sign up for our next live webinar on our webinar page at educationalrenaissance.com. Learn more about upcoming webinars or find other downloadable content. If you believe teaching is a craft, then join us for our next webinar where you can be apprenticed to gain valuable skills and practices. Sign up at educationalrenaissance.com. Well, the SEL conference this year is exploring the theme recovering beauty in education. And so there's a definite theme related to the fine arts, beauty, and, um, uh, you know, typical in our schools is an emphasis on things like truth and goodness, where we want to be reading the great books and extracting truth from that, of wanting there to be a sense of moral formation, the goodness. And so I, I as, a, as a musician, uh, it really struck a chord with me that the theme would be beauty this year. And I started out my day in a session with Jessica Hooten Wilson. Uh, she's one of my favorite people. She's just got, uh, she's a professor at University of Dallas and um, she just has a, a real spark for poetic knowledge. And so we actually read a poem together in her session, but her session was titled, Why? is beauty important? And I think it's a great question that uh, many of our schools could be asking. Um, oftentimes, with the emphasis we have on truth and goodness, where we can sometimes measure a student's understanding of our textbooks, or, or we can observe their behavior, let's say, or uh, give them feedback on their moral formation. Uh, sometimes beauty gets left to last, or we think of beauty as stuff that happens in those co-curriculars. They go out of the classroom, they go to the art room, and that happens elsewhere. And what really struck me today in thinking about that, why is beauty important? is to continue to see that as essential to what we mean by truth and goodness. That beauty, there's something beautiful about truth. There's something beautiful about a life well lived, for instance, the goodness that comes through moral training. And uh, to think of beauty as embedded in all that we do. So a well-structured 
dis, uh, uh, discussion, let's say, in a humanities class. There's something beautiful about that and that we would be talking about beautiful things uh, is, is rather important. Um, and to have opportunities throughout the day for beauty to be central, whether it be expressed in the fine arts or the performing arts for that matter, or for it to just be part of the way we live our lives, searching for beauty, understanding that there are standards of beauty. Uh, as a geometry teacher, you know, I, I often am thinking about the beauty of, say, a, a well-formed uh, proof or, or looking at, uh, you know, some of the shapes we would analyze in geometry. Um, so at any rate, I think this theme is a really compelling one. Um, I wonder if you've had any time to reflect on this year's theme. Well, I just really appreciate your reflection on the, the Wilson session on beauty, and uh, it really is whetting my appetite for the theme this week because beauty is so important, and it plays such a key role in the well-formed soul. So as I think about how God created us as human beings made in his image, uh, made up of minds and hearts and bodies and souls, um, we have a connection to beauty as spiritual creatures um, and visual creatures and auditory creatures. We were created with the capacity to observe, to identify, to appreciate, and to even create beauty and yet I feel like in our modern educational system that's all but lost um, we're not often giving executive reports on the state of beauty in our education system <laughs> here in the United States at least I haven't heard one recently um, and we probably don't do that enough in our Christian classical schools if we're honest but we need to we need to slow down and think about human beings holistically and the need we have to be fed beauty and to be given opportunities to create it ourselves and that it's actually one of the most meaningful and appropriate ways that we can connect with our creator God, the source of all beauty. And so I'm really looking forward to reflect more on this this week and I uh, really appreciate some of your initial thoughts on this, Patrick. Absolutely. And one of my confessions for today, and I'll, I'll confess this to you, Colby, um, I did today completely wrong. I only realized this after the day was done. So apparently they had these tracks where you'd kind of stay in the same room in the, and there was a progression in all of these. And what I wound up doing is I just kept on going to different sessions. And so it was like I would get dropped in the middle of a movie and I'd have to figure out what what was the inciting force that led us to this moment and where is this going to go and uh it wound up being fine i got a lot of great takeaways from that but i apparently did it wrong and so that's my confession to you i i did it wrong but what was great about doing it the wrong way is i got to be in some really great sessions from different people and different perspectives and so as we uh, think about some of our takeaways from today, my mind goes to book recommendations. So um, 
for me, the last session I went to was by Carrie Eben, and she was talking about assessment and just different ways we could be thinking about assessments with this idea of being virtue formation minded. It really changes the way we might go about doing assessment that the typical progressivist model of education has its way of assessing and it doesn't work if what we're saying is we are trying to promote life where we're actually assessing students on a trajectory a pathway that they're going to be on and uh what this is where this is the context in which one of uh my book recommendations came from so she mentions a book called deep in thought and it's by an author named Jason Baer. And uh, it sounds like it's a book that goes through a lot of the different uh, virtues, uh, cardinal virtues, Christian virtues, and considers, well, how do we spell these out in school life? And so she piqued my interest as, uh, as she did her presentation to dive into that book more. Uh, I'll definitely be investing in that one. How about you? Any great book takeaways? Yeah, the, the book I'm going to recommend um, is actually just a book that I've been reading on uh, boards and head of schools at Christian schools. Um, and uh, I'm going to recommend the book because of a comment from Keith Nix today. Um, he was talking about creating a culture of philanthropy at your school. A culture of generosity where all the families together are coming together and wanting to give above and beyond to the mission of the school even beyond tuition and um, and one of the the comment he made had to do with the fact that families give to schools beyond tuition because at that point they're giving to the mission they believe in the mission and the vision of the school um, what it is contributing to society how it's advancing the kingdom of God and so cultivating that culture of philanthropy at your school is so valuable and rich. And so the book I'm going to recommend is Ron Klein's Journey to Excellence, What Boards and Heads of Christian Schools Need to Know to Get There. And it's a really helpful 100-page primer uh, for school leaders on how they can take their schools to the next level. Well, this is uh, day zero, we've called it. Uh, pre-conference day at the SEL annual conference. We're here in Dallas, Texas, rather warm Dallas, Texas. I don't know about you, Colby, but I'll take the dry heat of Texas over the humid heat in Chicago any day. Absolutely. I can't disagree with that. Um, but uh, we get to do this conference indoors. It's well air conditioned and uh, we've just uh, just begun getting to meet people and, and renew friendships from past conferences. So hopefully this introduction to SEL from an educational renaissance perspective, uh, what's your own appetite for deepening your learning in classical Christian education and helps you also to feel a deeper connection to the wider movement that we're all a part of. Well, thanks for listening to us and our report from the pre-conference, and we hope to share more thoughts as the week progresses. Have a great day.